Welcome back to the Boston Crab Podcast. And if you are hearing bombs in the background, we are not being invaded by Russia. It is still 4th of July. I'm recording at night to air on July 5th. And it's not that deep. You know, like, maybe it is. Maybe it is deep, but um, I've had some stuff on my mind I really want to get off my chest. And, you know, it has nothing to do with the holiday. It has nothing to do with this or that. It, and it, and it doesn't really have anything really to do with, you know, that, that opening up podcast episode I did. At the end of the day, it's hard. It, it, it's hard to, you know, find find something that uh, affects you so deeply and what's even harder is to tell somebody and tell people how much they affect you for them to truly get it now I'm not probably the safest person to talk to because I am ADHD to hell um, I'm, I'm pretty hard to talk to I'm eccentric I'm loud, some would say obnoxious, but at the end of the day, I like to think that I'm loyal and I have a pretty damn good heart in my chest. So with that being said, I've made so many excuses for myself over the past couple years between my illness and Perhaps a childhood that wasn't as bad as it seems, you know. You build this thing up in your mind, that this, this, you know, familial oppression, this mental oppression. And it is almost like getting castrated when you realize how easy or how trivial it is to explain, to get to the nitty gritty of it. And it's also disheartening realizing how, how easy it might be able to just get it off your chest and talk about it. You know, last episode, the episode before I talked about my, my brother and, you know, how I'm not ready to make amends and build a relationship. And and it's not because he threatened to fight me back in 2020. It's not because this, that, or the other thing. And it's because it was so, the good was so few and far between that, like, the relationship is just, was shot after a while. You know, it didn't just come with that one thing. That was just a straw that broke a very weak camel's back. And I just don't think people get that. And I, I think there's a lot of stuff that people won't get. You know, you always you, you see that new commercial saying, oh, you're depressed, just fake it till it's better. It's all in your head and... You know, maybe it is made worse in her head, but it, it still doesn't change the fact that the issues are real. To sidestep them or stiff-arm them and pretend like it doesn't matter, you're ultimately doing a disservice to yourself. I don't know why, why, why this is coming to my mind now, you know. Today was a pretty decent day. Maybe I'm just missing what life was. How I had control of life. How 
Zach was making his his time matter more. Feeling fulfilled, feeling like he's actually doing something for himself. Like not not, not, not I'm not necessarily mean grinding or accomplishments, this, that, or the other thing. I'm talking about just being content with how you relax. I never thought I would get to the point mentally where I would have a problem with how I relax. I think I'm wasting my time by relaxing. I don't think relaxation is a waste of time. I just I just knew how to use my time so much better. And then I think about how I see everyone improving. Everyone starting their life. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm as big as I've ever been. But still, for 270, I'm pretty damn thin. You know, I wear it pretty damn well. It's so hard to find a day one, and it's so hard... Not not day one as in a person, but a day one as in your starting point to a healthier and better life. You know, there was a lot of issues that have been resolved over the past week or so. A lot of anxiety that has been quelled, but there's one thing that... That still sticks in my head, and it, it's so hard to open up. And you know, there's some people that I want to open up to, but I don't really feel like I'm, I'm, I'm permitted to do so because maybe I don't create that space for them. So why should they create space for me? I just hope people know that I care. That I have really good intentions, and that. I don't want to hurt anybody. So I just have to have some pasta salad real quick. Shit's so good. You know, I think back to the time... Twenty nineteen was not a good year for me. I I got bigger, I got more depressed. I gave my girlfriend my friends, my family completely wrong idea about me. You know, it's never good when someone finds photos on your phone. Clean photos. Perhaps. Of somebody from the past that didn't really treat you right. And maybe maybe I'm getting a little too specific here. But. Feeling like I betrayed them. And I did. I did to a point. I, I did betray their trust. That's something I'm still paying for today. And still working for. To be better. But I came to realize that I kept those, not because I don't miss any ex, okay? I don't miss, I, I care and I want them the best for them. I, I don't have any ill will. Let's just leave it at that. That's the most convenient definition. But I don't miss my exes. 
in the way that someone's like, oh, they're the one that got away. No. I believe that the person with that, that I'm with right now is the one that I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. And that, I'm gonna, that we're going to push through all the boundaries and figure this out. I just miss maybe who I was. Not saying that I'm not pleased with who I am now, but I wish I carried some of those pieces with me along the way. The ability to find an inner peace, you know, through my interests, the ability to be a good listener, emotionally available, productive. I know I have failed the people I love in the last couple of years because I, I, I've been playing such a victim, but at the same time I feel so justified in that victimhood because there's been a lot, there's been some bad shit that's happened to me, a lot of hurt along the way. So I just, I just want to take this opportunity to say I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm trying to piece back, get those good pieces back that I miss so much. You know? I don't miss any of my exes in a romantic sense. I don't want to get back with any of them. I have no aspirations. I realize why I kept those pictures in my phone not to reminisce on what could have been. It's reminisce on what I should have been. What I could have been in my own personal development at that point in time. That might sound like a complete fucking cop-out, but you know, I'm not out here like Jada Pinkett Smith saying, oh, we were on a break and it was an entanglement. I didn't fuck anybody. I didn't kiss anybody. I didn't have nudes on my phone. I didn't do any of that shit. But I was dishonest. And in some... I guess in some way, shape, or form... With context of the way I did cheat. I also shut down... People along the way. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I would say it's even a stretch to say that I'm decent. Because I'm, I'm incredibly hard on myself. Harder than anybody else probably is. I discourage myself, I stifle myself, I... Perhaps, you know, someone gives me an inch, I take them for a mile, and... Overwhelm them, and stress them the fuck out. I remember my therapist, Jen, told me... That you're manic. And I took it as, like, not, like, I was crazy... 
and it wasn't in the sense that I'm a manic, like, I'm manic depressive or bipolar, even though I probably am in some way. Just I'm so eccentric with my, with my interests and so eccentric with my love and my passion that I put into things. This is me right now figuring this out. I put into things more than I put into people. And let's go a little bit further from there. I put my love and time into my interests more than I put into people. But also more than I put into myself. I invest more in that than I invest in myself. I probably invest in people more than I invest in myself. My, I, 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 I'm probably the lowest thing on the totem pole. Probably even lower than the cats and butters. And I'm just realizing that now. And it, it's starting to fuck things up. For a lot of people. Myself. Probably the worst. I, you can look at all the good attributes, but at the same time, I'm a, what do I bring to a conversation? What do I bring to somebody's life? References. You know, we, we did this thing at my girlfriend's birthday. Name a fun fact. I said I am the fun fact. And I candidly and jokingly, and probably now I look at it, it's probably truthful. I am the fun fact. Because I have, I know so much about so much that you probably don't even need to know about. I think I said useless shit. Actually, as my, to be the exact term. Was it useless to me? Not necessarily. But that doesn't really, it doesn't necessarily help me build my relationships with my, with my family, with my friends, with her. But somehow, four years ago, I was clear-headed enough and confident enough that I was able to find a balance. That I was able to find a middle ground. Now I, I just see this, the struggle is, is so much more apparent. And it's not because of time elsewhere. It's because I'm struggling. I have, I'm having an identity crisis because I don't know what the fuck I want to be. What do I want to be? I want to have a career that I, I'm enjoying. I want to be able to pull my own weight. And I want to be emotionally available for those that matter. And at the same time, I want to be excited about, you know, about wrestling, about my, about Boston sports, about movies. Like I ranted about last time, I, I miss being excited about movies. But you know what? I miss being excited about life, too. I miss being excited about me. You know, I used to take such good care of myself, and I don't know where what, what went wrong. I used to go to the gym. I used to eat better. I used to feel cleaner after I got out of the shower. It doesn't help, no matter how much body wash I rub on myself. No matter how... If I put tea tree in my hair. I still feel dirty. And I'm realizing why. It's because I've been lying to myself. No, I wasn't about to cry. I was actually just sucking wind right there. Um, on a burp. Very oily burp. But pasta salad is fucking legitness it's been a fallacy trying to thinking that figuring your life out is figuring yourself out it's not that's not the case dude I mean try not to dwell on these I try not to dwell on these things too much and sound like a broken record like I'm preachy 
but it is so hard to be okay with yourself than it is. It's so much harder to be okay with yourself than be okay with your situation. At least in my case. Uh, I, I see a lot more flaws in myself than I see perhaps in my surroundings or in my own life. Or what I'm actually doing. You know, I'm on a path to achieve my goals. You know, I'm, I'm fig still figuring stuff out. You know, I'm giving ample time to those that care, that, that want my time. My room is, is messy, but I know where everything is. I'm able to exist. I'm able to live. I'm, I'm not getting as sick as I used to be. I'm able to take care of my, my animals. I'm able, you know, to sleep well. I'm able to sleep at night. That used to be so fucking hard for me. Because I never felt like things were okay. I said I'm not going to work full time because dude, that's going to get me caught up in the rat race and chasing the money. And I haven't done that. But I'm getting along with my co-workers. I'm getting along with my, with my manager. My manager is, is honestly, like, once I leave that job... My manager, I hope, is going to be a friend for a long time because me and him just click on a completely different level. Like, very few people have I clicked with that. Kyle, Jackson, Braden, Trish. You know, very few people have I connected that quickly. And, 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 and here's the thing that, that fucks my head up so much. It's with the stuff that doesn't really seem to fit. Like, I'm putting a square peg in a circle hole with my girl with other people and it's probably because i don't give them the chance to explain themselves but with my manager everything just fits and maybe that's what i need i need at least one person to understand where i'm coming from needless to say i do need to improve professionally i do need to improve emotionally I need to finish school. I need to get that fucking degree. That That's a cry that's been waiting to happen. When they read my name and I get that diploma, yeah, I'm going to bawl like a little bitch. It's been a journey, dude. It really has, you know, since I graduated high school five years ago. But I'm not angry about things as much as I used to be. I'm not bugging as much as I used to be. I'm not, like I said in the last, in, in two videos, in two podcasts ago, I don't want to dive out my window anymore. I want to live. I'm, I'm just, then you want perhaps the biggest blessing that is the struggle is that I'm, I want to live so much that I'm struggling on how to figure out how to live effectively and fruitfully. Some people don't want to live. Some people just want to drag themselves around. No. I don't want to drag myself through life because I'm going through life. I just want to know how to go through life where I'm able to help others and help myself be a better person, be a better lover, be a better friend. Make other words matter more than they think they do. Now my words, I don't know I don't know how much they matter. 
No one really sits back and says, oh, Zach, you, you, what you says matters. What you say has to matter. What you feel matters. Kind of just fucking blurted it out without being prompted. I mean, you could ask anybody in the NBA chat. You could ask my mom. I'm random as hell. But I know I shut down people. When they try to open up. I, I know I'm, I'm not that guy that I used to be. Where people used to be able to open up to me. And I'm sorry for that. Maybe I got too big for my britches. Maybe I, I, I pumped too much smoke up my ass. Give myself a little too much credit. But I care. I just hope everyone knows that. I, I do care. And I didn't mean to do another sappy, sappy episode. It's not really sappy. It's just how I'm feeling and what I'm going through mentally and how I want to provide better for those around me. I mean, life's too short to be bitter. I'm not really bitter. I'm just trying to protect myself. You know, things are the way they are for, for a reason. I just want to push through the barbed wire fence ahead, the roadblocks, and just make it all worth it and make it make sense and make it happen. So, thank you for listening to that. Um, peace. Now, we'll do a quick discussion on the Boston Red Sox. Um, <laughs> sorry it took 22 minutes to fucking get into it, guys. Um, Boston Red Sox are four and a half games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Matty Barnes escaped with his absolute life, but you know what? That's why he is an all-star. Matty Barnes is a fucking all-star. All-star closer. Um, the Red Sox have five all-stars. Um, you have Zandy, Xander Bogarts, Rafi Devers voted in. And the biggest surprise, J.D. Martinez is in. Matty, Matt Barnes is in. But the biggest surprise to me, which, is, which has me over the moon, is the fact that Nathan Avoldi is going to be an all-star for the first time in his, what, 12-year career. Um, it just, you know, hopefully we go into the all-star break with maybe a five or six-game, seven-game lead. Um, dude, it, it, is, it is 2013, bro. That's what it feels like, coming off a last-place finish, and now you're in this position to possibly complete for for a world championship like Toronto can make acquisitions at the deadline you know Tampa can make acquisitions at the deadline I think Yankees are a non-factor right now and that's not me being hater being a Red Sox you know homer or whatever Yankees they're I don't want to say they're suffering but they're in no man's land right now they're they're in trouble and I think you know one of the teams in the Atlanta in, in the in the East is going to get an All Star. Is going to I mean is going to get a wild card. I just hope you create enough different diff, uh, 
distance going into August that we don't really have to worry about that wild card, that we're in the division because I'd much rather have a five-game series than a one-game win or go home. I guess, you know, in a way, dirty water has never tasted... Well, not, not never. Dirty, the dirty water has not tasted this sweet in a in a long time. Like, 2018, you kind of got the feeling right off... Like, it's after the first month, month and a half... That this team was gonna go all the way. Yeah, we had our struggles here and there, you know, David Price, whatever. But Mookie was matching it. JD was matching it. The defense was good. You know, the bullpen was above average. You you got the vibe that this team was was built to win a World Series, especially the way Dombrowski built it up. You know, you you're coming off it was either two or three consecutive um, playoff appearances. Yeah, I know it's two. It's just this this team was thrown together. Like, let's be honest. Like, the farm's getting rebuilt. You know, we're, it's a little bit cheaper. You know, you know, money's not really being thrown around, but this this team is somehow competing, and not only competing, but they're they're pack, they're one of the top three teams in baseball right now. And it's a miracle that it's that way, especially with Garrett Richards as a starting pitcher, especially with the bottom, you know, the, the bottom three, third of the lineup, practically you know, all, all automatic outs. The fact that we don't have a guy leading the league in home runs, the fact that you know, our bullpen is kind of shaky outside of Josh Taylor and Matty Barnes and Adovino, you know, I mean, Hirokazu is prone to the long ball, but he's pretty solid too. His splitter is is, uh, is is a work of art. I mean, for so many guys that you could dislike on this team, there's a lot of guys that you could love on this team as well. And Alex Cora is is putting up a case to be manager of the year after being suspended and getting fired. It it is. It's it's so fun being a Red Sox fan right now. Cause each day is like a new adventure. It's a new excitement. It's a I don't want to say a newfound glory. That sounds kind of a little bit extra. It's just it's just so fun. I'm having like I can't wait to get to a game to Fenway to feel that atmosphere. But. <laughs> You can only you can only get excited about your sport so much. You can only find so much solace in wrestling. I haven't watched a full wrestling show in almost three months. I don't think that's ever happened to me. Um, am I better a little bit about it? I I don't know. The fact that I'm not doing it right now. I'm just. There's only so much you could find in movies because you, you want to be telling stories yourself in one way or another. You know, sports, you know, supposed to be an escape and you just, you just want to play armchair GM. I'm just finding it harder and harder to enjoy myself. And I'm not, dep- I wouldn't say I'm depressed, maybe a little bit. But, you know, the Red Sox are helping right now. You know, the Celtics are doing their thing. 
I'm excited for the draft. I don't, I wonder what what the hell's gonna ha- what Cleveland might do. Cleveland might do some sorcery. They might trade up, get the number one overall pick. You know, I don't know why. Speaking of Cleveland, if if they think they're above the Sacramento's of the world, the Utahs of the world, the New Orleans of the world, the Indiana's of the world, you know, the the, the small market teams, uh, the Phoenixes of the world, the small smaller market teams that are extending their stars uh, with these big money deals to keep them long term, these rookie deals. Then you're out of your fucking mind. Colin Sexton is the guy. Yeah, he 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 might honestly. He's a better scorer than Kyrie right now, at his age. And you know, if you can give him the money to keep him to get him to stay, why not do that? Well, you're you're not a team that usually has good talent fall into its lap. I mean, outside of Kyrie and LeBron, you might be looking at a 23-year playoff drought. Because without LeBron, that, that, that's what you would probably have. You have a stud at shooting guard. Now he's playing his actual position. What you should be looking at is possibly move, is moving Kevin Love, possibly moving that, that third overall pick. Getting some, you know, because there, there is a way, there's a major way to get this team back to being a playoff team. So are you just going to shove your thumb up your butt and cry? And cry, cry wolf? Are you actually going to do something? Because Colin Sexton, he's averaging 25 points per game. He was a borderline all-star. If he wasn't in Cleveland, he probably would be an all-star. You're the Cleveland Cavaliers. You're, you're no position to pull rank, to be the elitist. Oh, we won one championship. Yeah, that was five years ago. Yeah, you went to five finals. That was all with LeBron. LeBron left you in the dust. All right, everyone has left Cleveland in the dust. You guys, other than LeBron, you guys haven't been relevant since Mark fucking Price and Brad Doherty was getting slaughtered by Michael Jordan in the playoffs. So who the fuck are you? You're the Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers, all right? <laughs> Minnesota might be more relevant than you. I don't think anybody wants to go to Cleveland, but you have a guy that you could extend long term and keep him around. You have assets that you could trade. You have cap space. You have good young depth. You got a you got a wing defending star in the making in Isaac Okoro. You got Darius Garland, who who's gonna be a good you know fourteen and eight guy. You got Shetty Ozman. You got Jared Allen, who who's all defensive caliber. But you're gonna you're, you you you're gonna want to play budget games with me. You're gonna want to pull rank and be like, oh, you you're not you're afraid of the price tag. I don't think he's necessarily deserves the rookie max. But yeah, give give him give him five years, you know, one hundred twenty five million dollars, something like that. Maybe five years twenty. Maybe maybe five years a hundred million. But the fact that you're you're worried about a price tag, that you want to keep them, that you're exploring things to trade them, like, who are you? Are you the Tampa Bay Rays? That you're this stingy with money? Really? I thought you, I thought you were NBA champions. I thought you were this relevant team. 
I thought you were the Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Boston Celtics. Who? You think, you know, you think you're below the Sacramento Kings? Below the New Orleans Pelicans that you can't extend your rookie star? Give them a rookie extension? Like, yeah, he might not be, you know, Brandon Ingram. He might not be Jason Tatum. He might not be as good as Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker. De'Aaron Fox. But he's the best thing you got. Extend him, you dumb fuck. For God's sakes. What, you gonna trade him for Victor Oladipo? What, you gonna, you, you gonna trade him to South Beach? What are you gonna do? Trade him to the Hornets? Maybe get a sign-and-trade with Cody Zeller? What, you wanna trade him to Minnesota? Maybe you get uh, Jarrett Culver and that fucking simp douchebag Malik Beasley? Or you wanna trade him to Oklahoma City and get that white guy? I don't even know his name. You want to trade him? You 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 want to trade him to the Grizzlies? Maybe you get DeAnthony Melton. Or do you want to trade him to Orlando for Markel Fultz? Or or do you want to trade him to Chicago for Ryan Arcidiacano? Do you really want to downgrade because you don't want to pay a guy? Do you want to set yourself back even further because you don't want to pay a guy? Dude's averaging 25 points per game. I don't care. I mean, you already fumbled the, the ball with Kevin Porter Jr. You prioritized the washed-up Torian Prince over a dude that ended up scoring 51 points in a game. A guy that could score, pass, and operate on the wing. A herky-jerky type player, broad-shouldered. Cheap. Could have kept him for super cheap. I mean, unless you're trading Colin Sexton for Ben Simmons, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, my guy. I, I really don't. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a poverty franchise if, you, if LeBron James went first overall to another team. They'd probably be in the midst of a 23-year playoff drought unless if they spent a shit ton of money, you know, on, like, Andre Iguodala. If they had, imagine if they had, like, a super team in 2011. They're like, yeah, we're tired of losing, so we're going to get Chris Bosh... Andre Iguodala, and we're going to get Jerry Stackhouse. Oh, yeah, we're going to win a championship. Can you imagine the, the players? That, uh, like, we got, we, got, we got Ben Wallace. We got Stefan Marbury. And we got Rajah Bell on the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're winning it all. I could just, I could totally picture if LeBron did not exist, the amount of money they would have spent on trying to get a big three there and still, you know... That's what they would have had to do. Because they suck at developing talent. I mean, Dion Waiters, Tristan Thompson, you could say, was pop, probably a disaster, a bust. I mean, people forget he went fourth overall. I mean, Anthony Bennett. I mean, you traded Andrew Wiggins. Look at, look how he turned out. He's decent. But other than that, I, I, I don't know what else to really say in that regard. Like, I don't, like, who else have they drafted? 
worth that that's worth a note. I mean, they've had a lottery pick almost every year. Have they had anybody go all rookie outside of Sexton? I mean, Kyrie, you know. They yeah, they fumbled with Dion Waiters. I mean, I, they they missed the playoffs. Uh, I I can't even name anybody that they drafted from two thousand four to two thousand ten. I think they drafted Danny Green. They traded him to San Antonio. They don't know how to develop talent. They don't know how to acquire talent. All they know to do is just hope the guy that LeBron comes back when he had spent four years in another city. That's their saving grace. You know, they, they get handed first overall pick, you know, three or four times. And they, they were still a poverty franchise. No reason why they should have made the playoffs before LeBron came back. With how much talent they should have acquired, with how much talent they had could have drafted. But that's a story for another time. In short, Red Sox are really fun. Cleveland Cavaliers need to extend Colin Sexton. Boston Celtics need to get good quality wing defenders that are actually dependable and probably cheaper and you know downsize and get a hustle point guard like TJ McConnell. And Zach's still trying to figure things out, and I don't want to. I don't want to get back into it. You know, I know what I gotta do. It's just, it's just hard. And I'm sorry if I haven't always been the best listener. I'm sorry if I have always been the biggest support. I'm sorry to anybody that I've let down. I'm just trying to piece myself back together still. I was trying to hold hold so much other shit together. I forgot to hold myself together at the same time. So, again, I love you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Hopefully you didn't blow your fucking fingers off with M80s, you dumbasses. Hopefully you have a good week. Hopefully life gets simpler for all of us. Thank you. Good night.